Welcome to Restore and Renew. I'm Margo. And I'm Keith. Today we'll speak about the colonization of wellness practices in the U.S. By the end of this, we hope you will be just as passionate about this topic as we are. Please enjoy. Our first topic is about yoga in the United States. We will discuss the history, cultural appropriation, colonization, economic impact, racial discrimination, and mental aspect of yoga. Yoga is a Hindu spiritual discipline based on a science that focuses on bringing harmony between the mind and the body. The word yoga is derived from a Sanskrit root word, which means to join or to unite. Today, yoga is used as a form of exercise because it helps improve strength, flexibility, and balance. However, yoga has been heavily culturally appropriated in our society and it is important to address this issue and acknowledge yoga's origins. I have noticed that the cultural appropriation of yoga is prominent in the United States. What have you found through your research? I learned that most of the yoga teachers in America don't even learn Hindu tradition or Indian culture during their teacher training. Really? Yep, and I discovered that most people in the United States practice yoga for the physical aspect, which only makes up a fraction of yoga. What else does that include? This includes flowing through poses and breathing exercises and helps decrease stress, anxiety, and depression. However, when American yoga teachers don't teach others the history or philosophy behind their practice, they are colonizing it by disregarding yoga's true meaning and purpose. That's a good point. I actually heard a story about a yoga teacher in Brooklyn about her friend's experience in a yoga studio where the teacher threw glitter on students to resemble the religious blessing of of colored rice in Hinduism. That's upsetting to hear because while yoga is a Hindu discipline, it has nothing to do with the religion Hinduism. That's true. Through my research about colonization, I read an article about Susanna Barkataki's experience in Western yoga studios versus ones in India. What did she say? Because most yoga studios in the U.S. omit parts of a yoga practice and only teach the physical aspects, she called this colonial supremacy. In her experience, many Western yoga spaces are cold, quiet, and bare. There is competitive yoga culture and interactions are transactional and rigid. She noticed a stark contrast in her experiences with traditional yoga in India. She felt a sense of community and instead of a focus on competition or individualism, the traditional practice encouraged humility, respect, and a lack of focus on yourself. It's unfortunate that this practice has been so distorted in our country. Through my other research, I realized that yoga has contributed greatly to the U.S. economy. For instance, yoga clothes, yoga studios, yoga apps, and yoga videos are popular in our society. That's true. People can use yoga to start businesses or create products. Yes, but it's important to remember that our economic system is built upon the exploitation of labor, particularly for people of color. Speaking of race, I noticed that there is a large lack of diversity in yoga studios. That's correct. In the United States, I found that 77% of yoga teachers are white. While there's a lack of diversity in the studio, I have also read that there have been instances instances of racial discrimination in Western yoga studios. For example, Susanna Barkataki wrote about her experiences in the studio. She's been kicked out of yoga studios, uninvited to teach in festivals and studios, been disregarded unless asked how to pronounce Sanskrit words, and mocked for speaking out about her concerns. I assume this discrimination in studios must affect mental health as well. Absolutely. Susanna actually wrote about the trauma of colonization that occurs both during and after colonization. Those impacted exhibit symptoms similar to PTSD. This shows up in as tension headaches, disorientation, disconnected, disconnection, and increased heart rate and high blood pressure. Mentally, this shows up through anxiety, depression, stress, and other emotional forms of trauma. What do you think are ways we could fix these issues? Well, I think it's 
I think we need to first take a moment to learn the history of yoga in order to have a better practice and to understand how and why yoga practices have been colonized in this country. Great point. By learning the history of yoga, we can honor and learn from the ancestry of yoga that we have the privilege of experiences. Exactly. I feel it's important for us to go further than a surface relationship with yoga in order to have a stronger practice and to fully experience yoga's benefits as well. We need to recognize that cultural appropriation exists. So many non-white cultures face prejudice every day, so rejecting cultural appropriation as an issue is also a rejection of those minority communities that have been oppressed, colonized, and used for profit. I agree. The most effective thing yoga teachers and yoga practitioners can do is learn about the history of the practice in order to show respect um, and to end cultural appropriation of the practice. Our next topic is about traditional Chinese medicine. We will provide background information, talk about the economic impact, and explain our requests and make suggestions for change. Can you explain traditional Chinese medicine? Traditional Chinese medicine is an alternative med medicinal practice drawn from traditional medicine in China. For example, acupuncture, which is the pricking of the skin or tissues with needles used to alleviate pain and to treat various physical, mental, and emotional condition. Moxibustion, which is the burning of leaves and herbs near the body. Cupping, which is heated glass cups that are applied to the skin along the meridians of the body, creating suction as a way of stimulating the flow of energy and meditation. 23 centuries ago, traditional Chinese medicine was founded by Shenong with the intention of finding harmony between yin and yang in our bodies to prevent disease. How does traditional Chinese medicine contribute to our economy? The U.S. alone has a trade value of $3.72 billion in, t in traditional Chinese medicine. In 2019, the volume of imports in the U.S. was $6.124 billion. China's Herbal medicine production annually is worth $48 billion, and traditional Chinese medicine is used in 185 countries. That's so crazy, I didn't know that. It's clear that the U.S. has been exploiting traditional Chinese medicine for financial benefits. That's so upsetting. In my opinion, we can use medicinal practices from other countries as long as we understand their history and are respectful of their different cultures. It is so important that we respect and honor practices from other cultures, especially those that are already being colonized and exploited for profit. I agree. This has been Keats and Margo. Thank you for listening to Restore and Renew. We hope you found our discussion informative. Talk soon.